Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, Nate Hale here. It should come as no surprise that I love Halloween. And as a special Halloween treat, I wanted to give all my loyal listeners a special spooky mini-episode for the season. Since Halloween is all about the kids, I wanted to do something extra fun and invite my son, Nate Hale Jr., another entirely fictional identity, along to help me out with this episode. Thanks again for listening, and now, on with the show. In the pre-dawn hours of July 11, 1881, a British naval vessel, the HMS Inconstant, was sailing off the coast of Australia in the Bass Strait between Melbourne and Sydney, Australia. The waters were calm that night, and the sky was almost cloudless. At that time of morning, the primary source of illumination for the vessel were the spray of stars up above and the fingernail of moon glowing overhead. But then around 4 a.m., some of the men who were on deck that night noticed something odd. A peculiar reddish glow that appeared out of nowhere and began to move nearer to the inconstant. Within minutes, the glowing shape was within 200 yards of the inconstant's port bow, and all the officers and other crew on deck at that time of night could clearly see that it was another ship. But this was a ship unlike any other the men had seen before. It glowed with an incandescent red light that lit up the night sky like a bonfire. It was an eerie sight, made even eerier when a few of the men realized that although the sails were up, the ship appeared to be moving against the wind and the currents. The men stood breathlessly on deck as they watched the ship draw ever nearer, close enough to see that no one appeared to be piloting the ship. In fact, they could see no one on board at all. It remained completely silent as it passed them by, then faded into the distance, and then disappeared from sight. There were several officers and other crew members on duty that night who gave corroborating stories of what they had seen. But of all the crewmen who claimed to have seen the ghostly vessel, there is one in particular who stands out from all the rest. A particular midshipman who wrote down his account of what he'd seen in his personal journal. That midshipman, you see, was none other than Prince George of Wales, who was serving on a three-year sea voyage along with his brother, Prince Albert Victor. Of the two brothers, though, Prince George quite literally takes the crown for being more famous, because he would later go on to become King George V, ruler of England. Sailors throughout history have often reported seeing gill ships on the water, but the one seen by the future King George along with the other crew was identified as perhaps the most famous gill ship of them all. The Flying Dutchman. According to legend, the Flying Dutchman was a famous ship doomed to sail the high seas for all eternity, unable to ever return home. The legend of the Dutchman is one that has endured the test of time, one that has been popularized in classic literature and even in opera by Richard Wagner. Its legend has continued all the way up to today, with appearances in popular culture that include, among other things, Pirates of the Caribbean films and SpongeBob SquarePants. 
According to legend, the Flying Dutchman was a vessel captained by an actual Dutchman, a man by the name of Hendrik van der Decken, whose reckless disregard for a ship's safety would lead to the deaths of himself and his entire crew in 1641. The journey around the coast of Africa between Holland and the East Indies was well known to be a perilous route, but also a highly lucrative one. Goods like spices, silks, and dyes from the East Indies were in high demand back in Europe. Captain van der Decken had made this trip many times before, and although he and his crew had experienced more than their fair share of close encounters, they'd always managed to return home in one piece. But according to legend, the captain pushed their luck one too many times. On one occasion, during the Man of War's return trip home with its belly full of valuable goods, they found themselves caught in a terrible gale that sprang up out of nowhere around the waters of Cape Horn. The crew begged Captain Vanderdecken to turn towards shore, but the captain was not one to shy away from a little bad weather. And as the winds tore at the sails and massive waves rushed up against the deck, the captain looked up at the sky and swore a blasphemous oath to the heavens. No mere storm was going to prevent them from returning home. But whatever supernatural forces were at work that night responded by not only sinking the ship and drowning everyone on board, but also cursing them to forever sail the ocean, never able to return to shore. Over the centuries, numerous reports have been made by sailors who have claimed to have seen the Flying Dutchman. Science will tell us that any such sighting is merely an optical illusion, known as a Feta Morgana. Some historians have even disputed whether Captain Vonderdecken ever existed at all or if he was just a fanciful invention of some imaginative and superstitious sailors. There is something about the sea that is simultaneously romantic and terrifying. Perhaps we're conditioned by movies like Titanic and Life of Pi that sailing the open ocean invites tragedy. For beneath the murky depths lies so much of the earth that remains unexplored. So many drowned souls and lost shipwrecks that will never be found. And no matter whether the legends of the Flying Dutchman are real or not, there are many other stories from the pages of history about life and death on the sea that will haunt you, much like these tales of ships with their own secrets to tell, and ghosts that will never be silenced. I'm Nate Hale. I'm Nate Hale Jr., and we're both wearing sweat socks that we stole from Davy Jones' locker. And this is The Conspirators. For as long as men have been sailing the oceans, there have been tales of shipwrecks and of those who set out by boat headed for the horizon and never returned. It is through shipwrecks that many archaeologists have been able to uncover new pieces of information about a society's history. Within just the last year, archaeologists in the Black Sea have discovered a treasure trove of 60 incredibly well-preserved ancient Greek, Roman, and Byzantine ships, all of which are rewriting what historians know about ancient trade and shipbuilding. And yet, while some submerged wrecks can contain great knowledge, others have been found that reveal something completely unsettling. In the early 1920s, the SS Kamloops was a specially built freighter designed to fit through the Welland Canal, connecting Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. The ship's crew of about two dozen made regular runs carrying cargo along the Canadian shore from Montreal to Fort William. While no one knows for certain what caused the SS Kamloops to sink, we do know that it sunk on the night of December 6, 1927, while Lake Superior was being hammered by a violent winter storm. 
A steamer ship called the Quedoc was also caught in the same storm and radioed the Kamloops that they were headed back towards shore and recommended that they do the same. Quedoc managed to reach Fort Williams, but the Kamloops never returned. The last anyone saw of her was near the southeast end of Isle Royale, crossed over with a thick sheet of ice. It wouldn't be until the following spring that any signs of what happened to the Kamloops was found, and what was discovered paints a horrifying picture. Some fishermen found the remains of nine of the Kamloops crew on Isle Royale. They had evidently been able to escape on a makeshift lifeboat, only to die on the island. Some of the men were found huddled around a makeshift fire pit, and others were found washed up on shore, but the least lucky of them appeared to have been partially eaten by the island's wolf population. The Kamloops itself remained missing for another 50 years before it was discovered at the bottom of Lake Superior, near the north coast of Isle Royale. It appeared to have lost power at some point before sinking rapidly to the bottom and coming to rest on its side. Divers who went down to explore the wreck were amazed to see how well-preserved the ship was. At those depths, the water was so cold it acted as a natural refrigerator, and items like food and leather shoes appeared to be in nearly pristine condition. Because of the extreme depths and frigid temperatures, only the most seasoned divers dared explore the bowels of the ship. Those who returned came back to the surface with a frightening story. It seemed that at least one member of the Kamloops' crew had decided to stick around. And even worse, when the divers got too close, the drowned crew member they began calling Grandpa, or Old Whitey, came out to greet them. The icy waters of Lake Superior had perfectly preserved the corpse of this still unidentified crew member. But divers will tell you that if you decide to swim down inside the shipwreck, the perfectly preserved corpse will strangely drift right towards you and follow you around from room to room. Some have even claimed the pale-skinned corpse will appear to reach out and touch you. Now, some divers have claimed that the odd behavior of the corpse is simply due to the way the water's currents behave through the bowels of the ship. Others who think that Grandpa's spirit is somehow at work moving the body around don't tend to feel like the ghost, if that's what it is, bears them any malice. In fact, most divers who have been down there and experienced the body of Grandpa following them around think he's just lonely. Now, I can't say for certain whether ghosts really exist or not. In fact, logic and reason will dictate that they don't. Personally, I've often thought that if ghosts do exist, then they act as a manifestation of our collective guilt as an ethereal reminder of human tragedy and of the moments in our past too dark and ripe with emotion to fully let go. If ghosts are guilt as if sometimes surmised, then there are few places more rich with guilt than aboard the HMS Jersey, one of several prison ships that cost the lives of more than 11,000 people during the Revolutionary War. That's right, I said 11,000. With a body count like that, it shouldn't come as much of a surprise that the HMS Jersey earned a nickname. Hell. In November 1776, the British had full control over New York City, having won control after numerous military victories that left the outcome of the Revolutionary War uncertain up to that point. In fact, the British would continue to occupy the city until the end of the war in 1783. During the occupation, British officers used the homes of evacuated soldiers for themselves. Anyone who refused to swear their allegiance to Britain was rounded up and imprisoned. But the prisons quickly became overcrowded with POWs, so the British got the idea to anchor ships in the harbor to serve as floating detention centers. 
Of these, the HMS Jersey became the most notorious of them all. In 1771, four years before the war broke out, the British had converted the aging vessel into a hospital ship. But when the war finally began, the ship was once again retrofitted to house prisoners. Many of these prisoners were men who refused to join the Royal Navy or privateers captured at sea. At any given time, there were at least 1,000 people housed on the Jersey. And because conditions on board were so terrible, there were at least a dozen deaths each day. Death on board the HMS Jersey was caused by many things. Smallpox, dysentery, typhoid fever, and yellow fever were rampant on the ship. Starvation, dehydration, and torture were also common. Anyone who tried to escape would be shot on sight. Each morning, death patrol would go through the ship and unceremoniously pitch any corpses they found overboard into the sea. During the day, the sun beat down mercilessly on the deck of the ship, heating the internal temperatures of the bowels of the ship like an oven. Prisoners had to strip naked to keep cool. They gasped for breath below deck because there wasn't enough oxygen to even keep a lantern lit. Anyone who became too sick to fight off the rats were eaten alive by them. Men's screams echoed through the harbor as the rats devoured their flesh. Prisoners were so covered in wounds and filth that the death patrols had to ask them if they were dead or alive before tossing them overboard. In total, an estimated 11,000 people died on the British prison ships. More than were killed in all the battles of the Revolutionary War combined. During the evacuation of New York, the British abandoned their ships in the harbor, setting fire to them as they left. At least 8,000 prisoners were still inside as the flames destroyed the ships. For many years after, bones continued to wash ashore where they would bleach the sun until someone found them. In 1902, workers at the Brooklyn Navy Yard were extending one of the docks when they pierced the hull of what remained of the HMS Jersey. They had accidentally found her final resting place. Not long after that, the residents who lived close to the shore began noticing strange things happening by the water. At night, some people claimed they could hear ghostly screams or strange whispering. Others swore they saw the apparitions of men dressed in rags drifting out over the water. In 1908, President William Howard Taft dedicated the prison ship Martyrs Monument in Fort Green Park to those who died aboard the British prison ship. Beneath that monument are buried 20 coffins filled with the bone fragments from the thousands who died and that were collected along the shore. The Conspirators is written and produced by me, Nate Hale, an entirely fictional identity. I wanted to thank my son, Nate Hale Jr., for helping me out with this episode, and to thank you, my loyal listeners, for following along with the show. If you're listening to this on the day of release, then I also wanted to add a very happy Halloween to all of you. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with our next regular-length episode.